In this week's episode, I sit at the table with Tama Keeves. Tama is one of the most high vibe people I know. She is a master of the Course in Miracles. She's a transformational coach, an author, and an expert at thriving in uncertainty. She even wrote a book about it entitled As Much. She's an incredible human being. She lives with wonderful intention, deep joy, and a generous spirit. And I'm excited to share this conversation with you. We started off with a meditation where she grounds us in beautifully. And then we spend some time talking about choosing fear. Then we spend some time talking about choosing love over fear, stepping more into what's possible, giving ourselves permission, and living with greater joy. So if you're somebody who could step into greater joy in your life, this episode is for you. I hope you enjoy the show. I know you're going to love Tama as much as I do. And if you're struggling with uncertainty, go ahead and pick up her book, Thriving Through Uncertainty. Enjoy the show. Take a seat at the table next to me, Robin Ivey, and some of today's most meaningful thought leaders, mentors, and spiritual guides, and even some people like you and I, as we discuss their extraordinary lives and adventures in being human. Enjoy this week's episode. All right, let's just take a deep breath. We are so grateful to be in this moment together. And knowing that there is something sacred happening right here, right now. And there's nothing we need to do. There is nothing we need to do. We said yes. We said yes. And together we are holding the intention to speak from our highest strength, from our highest level of love and intelligence, and to truly serve whoever needs to hear this. May this conversation bless everyone who hears us, including us. May this conversation have repercussions and repercussions and repercussions of grace. We are so grateful to just drop down into this moment, letting go of all expectations, all need to control. All need to perform and we rest and we give this to the inspired self and presence that brought this into being. And we invite magic to take hold, magic to lead and magic to rule and magic to bless us. So for just one moment, we rest. And when it feels right, and in our own time, we allow ourselves to return. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's exactly why you're here. <laughs> true. We're, you and I are going to have a good time. Yeah. I can tell. So welcome back, everybody, to Inspired to Life. Once again, I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Today, my guest is one of my all-time favorites. She doesn't know that yet, but she's about to find out. Uh, Tama Keeves. Here's her bio. Tama Keeves is an honors graduate of Harvard Law School who left her law practice to write and help others create their most extraordinary lives. 
She's the best-selling author of numerous books, and her latest is Thriving Through Uncertainty. Featured in USA Today and on Oprah Radio, she's a sought-after speaker and visionary career and success mindset coach who's helped thousands worldwide to discover and thrive in their life. Their, oh, sorry, and thrive in the life, calling, and businesses of their dreams. Thank you so much for being here, Tama. Welcome. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks. One of the things that I have wondered about you from afar, because I've been reading your book since um, the beginning, is where does this energy of yours come from? Because to the listeners who don't know her, Tama has the most beautiful energy. You have the most exuberant, enthusiastic, <laughs> really, like when I was putting this together and I called it Inspired to Life and I thought, who is that? Whose energy is that? I was like, oh, that's a Tama Keys energy all day long. <laughs> really, really. So, yeah. So tell us about, like, where, how do you do that? Ooh, what, do what a great question. Um, I think that energy is, I think we all have a natural life exuberance when we're doing what we're meant to do and when we're not drained by what we're not meant to do and when we're fully being who we really are and when we're inspired to life mm -hmm. and we're really truly listening to that inspired presence, that strength, that genius in all of us. And again, it comes out differently. So yeah, I'm from New York City. So it's a little, little, little. But were you like that as a kid? Like, were you, were you like a boisterous, like <laughs> kid or like, or, or in the spiritual awakening in that's the work? Like, did you open up to that more? You know, that's such a great question because probably that would have been my nature, uh, but it was shut down. You know, it like I think like if I had been supported and loved and, you know, safe, you know, uh, to fully be who I was, uh, that probably would have been who I am, you know, of. But I think like many of us, we're all um, shut down in different ways. We're all told, you know, different ways to not be ourselves or, or that our true nature isn't fully supported. And and like you said, if for me, it's the spiritual awakening. It's the awakening to, oh, my God, there's this power in me and this love inside me that can do for me what I, I don't know how to do. Yeah. Just that, that awakening and that safety, and not only safety, but the only safety there is, is to be who you really are. You know, and that's really it. So thank you. And I think yeah. all of us, by the way, the, the thing about exuberance I think everybody has their natural energy. When you see somebody fully living their lives, mm -hmm. they may be very quiet, but they may be beaming and glowing. Right, right. right. Yeah. It's so really, it's a resonance, really. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. It's interesting because um, in the past week, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of really interesting people. And consistently, there's this, the more blessed one seems to feel in their life, the more it's undeniable that there is some interconnection between the more love and joy we allow in our lives and the more we choose this alignment to how, or the more creativity we say yes, yes to that yes. really opens us up somehow because the more language around the joy and feeling so blessed and rec and recognizing the gifts and seeing through the positive lens, the energy is yes. different. Right. The yes. energy is different. The vibration is yes. different. The possibilities are different. The conversation's different because things are things are not like maybe, but they're very possible, you know, yes. and they're very expected. Yes. And the magic is yes. there. no matter if the language is different. Right. The terminology might be different, but the experience of like um, I was interviewing Jim Mayer, who's Jimmy Buffett's bass player. Mm -hmm. so we were talking about being on stage and playing in front of that mm -hmm. many people and like talk about 
exude like the interchange between a crowd of like stadium mm, crowds. Mm, yes. like, imagine Tama Keys in a stadium. Ooh, yes, right? let us imagine that. I do imagine that, by the way. I know. It's almost like very like evangelical almost. And it's, you know. You got it. You got it. You know it. And I think to your point, I think it's just because it's exhausting. It's draining to continually deny ourselves. It's exhausting to continually limit ourselves because our true nature is unlimited. Our true nature is inspired. And for most of us, for myself, it's a practice. It's a dedication. Yeah. Well, I thought it was so funny. Um, I mean, who'd have thought except us probably. If anybody's followed Tama's career, then you probably were as as little as surprised as I was that you named that your next book came out when it did. <laughs> oh in the I was like, you gotta be kidding with me. Like, because her whole career is based on synchronicities and possibility and all of the magic of the things. And here you come and you write this beautiful book. Um, and where did I write it down? Thriving through uncertainty, moving beyond fear of the unknown and making change work for you. I mean, not that that wouldn't have been a powerful. And that was before the pandemic, <laughs> right before the pandemic. Right. And I'm like, oh my, if we ever needed that book, well, yes. well, well timed, Tama, well timed. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it it's the courage to follow. It's that courage to follow that instinct. And because one of the main reasons I wrote it was because uh, I primarily help people, as you know, I primarily help people find their calling, their dreams, their life's purpose, their career, their, you know. And one of the things that I've seen that stops people more than anything else is uncertainty. The number one thing that stops people from their success, their excitement, their, you know, is that feeling of uncertainty, how they handle it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book on this because that's what I'm seeing in all my clients. And then the pandemic hit and everybody thought I was some guru, like, oh my God, how did you know? (laughs) Everybody's like, she can hear the buffalo. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? (laughs) But I mean, but also thank you because really, it had you thought to write that during the pandemic, you know, it would have been a right. little late. So right. it was really helpful to have that. So can you speak a little bit, like, tell us a little bit about what's in the book and how Abs- we can use that Absolutely. and how you came, like, why, why did you feel the need to write that? Absolutely. You know, I, I will just read you just like the first yeah. opening lines, just because, you know, that way I can talk about it. And I lost my glasses. Oh, here there. I'm never going to write a book on being organized, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be happening. <laughs> One of my best friends is a professional organizer. She's got that covered. Okay, we got other, that. Other people do that. All right, all right. Um, I'm coherent inside, but not organized. <laughs> How's that? Um, so I'm just going to read this to you, and then I'll talk a little right. bit about it because it explains it. So this is at the very beginning of the book, and it talks about how I'm holding this door open for you. I'm holding this door open for you. And then it says, you may feel like things are challenging at this moment in your life. But let's get this straight right now. It's not because you're failing or broken. It's because your spirit demands soaring, not coping. It's your time. And I started the book that way because I think we are living in extraordinary times. uh, And I think these extraordinary times and all the changes that are going on in the world, all the changes that are going on in our individual worlds, 
is there something's being called for us to rise to a different level of ourselves. We've, we've learned to succeed through coping. You know, we've learned to succeed through what you're supposed to do, what, what everybody else says is safe. And it was, and it shut down our spirits a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think we are now deeply being called into going beyond what we thought we knew into the unknown but what's really known inside us, you know? So I always say that when everything falls apart, when your plans fail, when you're scared, when you're uncertain, when, when things aren't working the way you think they should, it's because it's time now. It's time now to listen to your inner voice. You're trying to, you know, fit in or manage or control or figure it out. And believe me, I'm a control freak. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I, I swear by that temple, baby. <laughs> And yet, uh, you know, the deepest, the deepest freedom is in listening to this deeper part of you, you, and I'm talking to you as every listener here, every listener, you know, something, there is something in you, your guidance that knows something that none of us else knows. Nobody knows what's right for you, except you. And this is the time moment by moment to listen to it. So thriving through uncertainty, I wrote it, as you know, I write very personal essays and, you know, all my craziness and whatever. And it's really about how do you do that? How do you listen moment by moment and trust your guidance in the real world and succeed? So that's, that's why well, I, I think it. it's been interesting. Like in my own journey of learning to trust myself more. I found that um, when I turned inward, then I was confronted with, well, which which voice is in me? Right? Mm. Because, because there's so much advice, like turn inside as if you're going to turn into one voice. <laughs> <laughs> Instead right? of a committee. <laughs> right, but, exactly. And so I think there's so much, um, there's so much richness to explore and like what that really looks like for yes. people when they say, yes. okay, enough, yes. enough. I recognize yes. that I've been outsourcing my yeah. experience and my power and everything to the outside world and that that trust is mine to reclaim. Yes. But then I turn inward and all this programming of my life and all the voices that weren't mine, like which, which ones are mine. And, you know? and that is such a dynamite, dynamite observation. And I think, um, the one of the ways that I look at it is really that we have these fearful voices or a, a voice of fear that we think is good judgment or practicality or playing it safe. And then that voice of love and that quieter voice and that calmer voice that just is like, I, I know that this next step feels right. This next thing feels right. And so to your point, it's really learning which voice inside ourselves to listen to. And it's the most important thing you will do in this entire lifetime. There is nothing more important than learning, you know, how do I thrive through uncertainty? How do I find my own inner connection in a real way? Because I don't know about you, but, you know, I've read every spiritual book or self-help book. I've written self-help books, you know, and you think, well, that's great. Five easy steps. They found inner peace. Yay. Yay them. You know, like what is wrong with me? Yeah. And I think more and more, at least the way, at least what my work is about is making this real. Like really accepting that I do have an ambitious nature. I do have a, a part of me that very much wants to live and thrive in this world. Mm. And yet I do not want to be of this world, meaning limited by the world. Mm. So I think the new mainstream culture that's evolving is those of us who are daring to succeed in this life mm. in a whole new way yeah. and, really, and really demonstrating that. 
it's um it's really exciting and terrifying i think yeah <laughs> you know because i feel like um although i recognize my life is always moving forward and it's always really getting better over time mm-hmm. um and and in better i really mean like a capacity to hold my my own expansion to hold harder things and better things and great like different states of things at further extremes for longer yes. amounts of times with yes. less reactivity yes <laughs> right? yes and um but it's challenging. Like it's challenging to try. I've been finding, um, I've been questioning whether or not in the pandemic, I had a, a crisis of faith or whether it really was just a moment of like, well, isn't that just what faith is? Mm, because it's very excellent. easy to talk about faith excellent. when things are going well. Yes. Yes. Right. And it's very easy to feel like a crisis of faith when it isn't. And yet yes. actually when it isn't is just when we realize how faithful we are. Yes. You know, that's such a a great point. Um, I have a story in Thriving Through Uncertainty where um, I talk a lot because very much what you just said, I have a lot of clients who are, uh, you know, thriving and excited and believing in a dream and then it goes backwards or then, then an obstacle hits or something happens. Yeah. And like, well, I shouldn't be trusting that crazy voice. I shouldn't be trusting that. Or why am I going backwards now? Why, what's happening to me? Or see, this is what I told you was going to happen if you failed to do the thing. Yes. Yes. And I have, um, I have, I have a chapter in uh, thriving through uncertainty where I talk about it being almost like a video game. And in a video game, it's uh, that you're playing and you, and you do really well and you learn the rules and you get there and you win, which is great. And then you go to the next level. And at the next level, the enemies are harder and the game doesn't work the same way and the rules are different. And now you feel like you're, you're worse off than you ever were, but because you're at the next level. And so those of us who are daring an inspired path, who are daring to integrate this for real, not lip service, not platitude, right? right? Not a meme. Right, like not a (laughs) meme. Like exactly what you said, it really is that we're integrating this. And that I deeply believe the path to living your calling is that you undo every obstacle that's in the way. That every, like you said, those old voices that, see, I knew it wasn't going to work. See, I knew it, knew it. Almost excited to prove that to you, by the way, right? <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, we exactly. we face all those parts of ourselves that that come up, you know, because it's our choice. It's a turning point moment to make another choice to say, I'm not going to listen to that. That's the whole point. I'm going to heal this. I'm going to go beyond this. I'm going to trust that loving voice and I'm going to be safe with myself too. I'm going to integrate it. So I love, I love that question. I think it's a video game. It goes to the next level. I always tell people, um, I do a, I lead a five day retreat a lot of times back East and a lot of times. I'm, people, east. I'm back yeah. east. Oh, cool. Come, 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 Providence. come. Providence. Oh, I lead at Kripalu. So, oh, you know, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, you know, um, the only time I ever went there was the week after Guru Def left. Oh my God. Literally oh. one week after he left. Oh my God. That's it amazing. An interesting time. Yes. Interesting time. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things I will do in almost all my retreats, you know, people have paid a fair amount of money to be with you and their amount of time or whatever. And I will always tell them, you know, I'm still dealing with things. And, you know, people's faces like crash, you know, like they're like, oh, sh-. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, you I want so much all- less used to me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are so much 
it used to be now, exactly. But I always tell people, if your guide or your mentor or your teacher or your whatever isn't dealing with their own fears, they're not growing. You know, you or they're not being honest. Or they're not being honest. But but just again, that you want somebody who's growing. I'm going to be facing my own next level and my own next level and my own next level, you know? And so, and that's why it's also so interesting to me. I'm never bored with the conversation. I've been doing this for a gazillion years. I'm never bored with the conversation because I'm still in the conversation, right? So, so again, I think there's this belief system that if I just, right, you know, study enough, I'll be beyond fear altogether. And I think that fear is sometimes going to be part of this path, but we learn how to deal with it. And it's less, and it's it's the video game. It becomes exciting. It's like, oh my God, I'm ready for this enemy now. Bring it on. Well, right? how, do you, how do you stay in it in the moment? Like when you when you dare to be brave, right? Yes. And, and, and then, and, and all of the Virgos and the certainty people are like, that's a bad idea, Tama, don't do it, right? And then you're like, no, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then the whole thing blows up in your face. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, how do you stay in the game? Right? How do you stay in the game when, when, because it's one thing to have like your shit blow up in your own face and it's like between you and you and you and God, but it's a whole other thing when the people in your life, like, I don't know, like the ones on the Enneagram or like, see, this is why, this is why we said, this is yeah. why we said, don't spend the money on that. You spend it on your, mm, that's why we said, don't do the, mm, right. Yeah. And it's very yes. hard in those moments to be like, are they right? You know, and it's a great question. question. So for me, you know, a lot of it is just that, you know, part of what we're learning in this path is we're learning a different value system, right? You know, and so the measure of success is very different. It's not, that's why I'm not a big fan of the, the things that immediately tell you, get the seven figure success. The second you find your life purpose. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but, but for me, that's not the purpose of, and, and again, I think that a lot of times we're learning new values. So, so uh, external, I'll give you an example. When I first put out my, my first book, this time I dance, creating the work you love. And uh, when I first put that out, I put myself on the road, you know, I thought, okay, I wrote a book. Oh my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe, you know, and I went and I, and I spent money on an airplane and, you know, hotel and rental and, you know, and, and, you know, like seven people showed up at a workshop or something. And so my linear mind, my linear mind is doing the calculations of going, uh, how is this going to work? Right. Uh, you know, this is a ridiculous failure. However, it was anything but a failure because what I really got to was the experience I was having was worth my lifetime. I knew when I was doing it, there was something so right about it, even though it was seven people or eight or whoever it was of, I knew this is magic. Something's going on here. And I felt like I could have this experience no other way. And if I had hired a fancy shaman that cost a billion dollars I might've gotten this experience. Instead, I went to Sacramento and put on a workshop. <laughs> you know, it's so- You're so in a I, comfort inn in Sacramento. Right. Oh yeah, pretty much. Um, and so I reframed it and it was true for me. And so the people who would look at me externally and say, well, that didn't work. I had to find my own way of saying, but yes, it did. Right. 
because I have different standards and I have different values. Plus, I am giving myself permission in this lifetime, in my one precious lifetime, to discover what I'm here for and to find out what's true for me. I want to know where this voice goes. And even if it's wrong, I want to know that. So I'll stop trying to listen to it. Right. Right. But I want to know because for me, it's never about succeeding in the future. It's always about succeeding now. It's not about if you're thinking you're so going to valuable. succeed in the future, that's it. That's an end game, right? For me, it's always like when I'm writing when I'm writing a book, I don't know if it's going to sell. I don't know anything. I have to be finding the connection and the joy and the love of the craft and who I am. And I have to keep retraining myself because I have a very ambitious brain. You know, I went to Harvard Law School. I have a very crazy brain that's measuring and calculating. And I, I'm finding new standards of success constantly. That's where that enthusiasm comes from. That's where that love comes from. That's right. So. Well, do you mind sharing some? I know you've told it a gajillion times, but do you mind sharing with the listeners some of your origin story? Because I think it's always helpful for people to know sort of how you... Absolutely. How you, get, how you get to be the person I always say to people. They're like, well, where do I go now when I really need, like one of my closest friends, who's one of my most courageous friends was like, Robin, where do I go? Who's next for me? Like, who's the leader for me now? Because I need, I need someone who has let go even more than I have. I need someone who has really gone into the abandon even more than I have. And I was like, Tamma Caves. That's who you're <laughs> going. I'm like, Tamma Caves. That's who's going to do it because she, because even more, because mm-hmm. that's right. Because mm-hmm. Because that's what we need. Yes. Um, and, and because um, that story of like, for me, anyway, how I began is the same story I'm living over and over and over and over. The choices I made then I'm still making, you know, and so uh, the short version, and like you said, uh, may, many listeners may have heard this, um, but you can never get too much of my mother. So I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, my mother I, feels the same way about herself as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, you know, I think like a lot of people, I denied who I was or what I thought I wanted because I thought that was safe, right? I I grew up in Brooklyn, New York to an Orthodox Jewish family. And I and when I was young, I dreamed that maybe I did want to be a writer. I took uh, creative writing in high school and I thought, oh my God, this looks fun. And, uh, you know, said something like that to my family. And my mother was like, you're going to write? You're going to write? You're going to starve. You're going to write. So that was basically the go for your dreams talk. Um, And my mother being reasonable said something, you can't get a job, you'll get a job. You'll write on the Sundays, right? And so I followed that path. I thought, well, that sounded reasonable, right? You know, like get a job, get security, and then follow your passion on the side, right? So I went off to law school. I got accepted to Harvard Law School, graduated with honors. uh, And I was on partnership track of a major law firm. And... I just felt so empty. And I think a lot of us feel this way that, you know, whether it's career success or you're in a certain marriage or in your certain lifestyle where you should be happy or this should be working and yet you feel dull inside or empty inside. And I just kept getting more and more frightened. Like what is wrong with me? I, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, succeeding. And thank God a friend of mine said, you know, if you've been this successful doing something you don't even love, what could you do with what you love? And that question, which became the basis of my book, This Time I Dance, um, that question just opened up my mind to say, 
what could I do with what I loved? You know, like I, I'd been denying my love. I'd been tamping it down. Like all those instincts of, I don't love this. I hate this. I want something else. It'd be like, shut up, be reasonable, be practical. What's wrong with you? Be, be a grown up for God's sakes. You know, like, of, yeah. and so I finally got the guts. And part of getting the guts, by the way, was from, from extreme misery, from extreme pain. Mm-hmm. I was, I was getting more and more depressed of like, you know, this can't be all there is. This can't be all there is. Um, and I just finally thought I've got one life I want to know. And so I walked out without a, without a plan, without, you know, without everybody thinks, well, she was a lawyer, but she, she must have had a ton of money. It's like, no, because when you're miserable, you're shopping and you're stupid and you're drinking, you don't have a lot of money. So, you know, so um, for me, that was what began this. And my deepest, deepest passion in this lifetime is to help other people who are bright, who have these accomplishments, who have these passions, who have these dreams to take it seriously. Because I look now and think, oh my God, the life I would have missed. I would have missed this life where I've, I've worked with thousands of people and, you know, and just of, of just sheer, sheer gratitude. Like, oh my God, this is my life, this moment, you know, like, oh my God, you know, and, and I just, again, I think of what I would have missed and the, and the good that I've been able to do on the planet, you know, just from saving my own life. And I think of you, Rob, and saving your own life and doing it and somebody else doing it and somebody else doing it. And I deeply believe that's what's being called for right now. We're being asked to wake up and rock our brilliance. I feel like it almost equally as sad would have been if you just missed getting to have that feeling. Oh, like, like getting to miss loving your life. Yes. You know, I like I really feel like I lived for a long time with a lot of, uh, I just looked through life with a really negative lens. From, yes. From a young age. Yes. I had a lot of suicidal tendencies growing up. That was sort of the lens on my life. And it's taken me a long time to realize how much resignation lived in that. Yes. Right? Really? There yeah. was really, right? Really? Yes. My, my, and, and it's very difficult to be resigned and kind of apathetic and at the yes. same time be regenerative and, and be opening to that. Yes. So yeah, it's I think, I think it, I mean, that is what happened is just exactly what you said as I kept getting more and more depressed because again, if we are not living, you know, look, I had been taught that safety was denying that inner voice or denying that dream. Right. right. And what I found was that safety was in listening to it. The right. thing you'll ever do is listen to that love. Because when I wasn't listening to it, just like you said, I was just shutting down and shutting down and I didn't want to live anymore. I just really got to that point of like, I, I don't know what I'm here for. Forget it. You know, it's, and life is hard enough, even right. if you're doing your dreams, right? right? right. Like there's enough challenges as is, right? Yes. Even when pursuing the best of it, it's really hard. Right. And I think, I think that um, at least in my lifetime, you know, suicide wasn't something that people really talked about until yes. quite recently. And so I think um, wh- one of my goals with this was like just wanting people at home to not feel alone in whatever the crazy thoughts they have. Right. Because because yes. it would have been helpful as a kid to just know other people get to dark enough places like that, right? And it, and it might not be suicide. It could also just be like like sort of the dull ache of apathy of of the meh of mediocrity, right? The of meh, like, the meh of yeah, mediocrity, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah, like the person that you don't mind. Yeah. Like the, the marriage yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the kids that are like yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The jobs. It's all right. Yes. You know? Yes. 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 Yeah. So how do you? How soul do you, crushing. Yeah. Soul crush. Right. 
totally. But I, but I think sometimes that um, I found it hard to connect to desire. Like people would say like, we well, just have to do what you want. And I was like, I don't know what I want. You yes. know, like that, yes. that darkness sort of steals the connection to desire. Yes. Yeah. That's but I feel point. like you've done such a beautiful job of reclaiming that for yourself. And, you know, and, and, and for me, that is the deepest work I do because, you know, again, you know, naturally, since I help people find their calling in their dreams, whatever, everybody always wants that, you know, tell me, just tell me the five steps, you know, like just get to the bullet point, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Right. And it's never about any kind of change in our lives. It's never about what we do as much as about what we undo inside ourselves, the beliefs that we undo. And so for me, the most important thing we will ever do in this lifetime is create a different relationship with ourselves, exactly what you're talking about, right? So that, you know, when people just say, oh, just do what you love. And I'm one of those people, I will tell you, do what you love, right? But when people ask me the same exact thing you said of, Tim, I'm just numb. I, I don't even know what I love. I haven't done something I loved in years, right? And so for me, at that point, if somebody's numb or you don't know, for me, it's all about self-love. It's all about self-forgiveness or, you know, in my own case, like when I, when I first left my law practice, um, all I really, really, really wanted to do was sleep. <laughs> I was exhausted. So I have a chapter in this time I dance called the year of sleeping dangerously, because if somebody said, what do you want to do with your life now? What do you, what's your passion? It's like, I want a nap. And again, my brain said, that's ridiculous. You just left a law career. You have to figure out what you're doing. But again, the soul has ways of taking us down a path that we really need healing us. I needed rest and comfort and self-love because I'd been abusing myself for years. I'd been abusing myself, not listening. So the apathetic person in the marriage doesn't just immediately know. It's almost like we're going to change her thinking or his thinking to be more self-loving, self-accepting, self-advocating, and just knowing there is already a path inside you. I don't care who you are, where you are, this much I absolutely know. There's already a path inside you. And for me, it's always about listening to the breadcrumb that's next and the breadcrumb that's next and the breadcrumb that's next. And sometimes if it's numb or apathy, it might just be, well, how do I be kinder to myself? You know, like if you had a child, it was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even feel like it. Right. And it's almost like not making it wrong. Right. But like just starting to listen to anything. And again, if there's self-acceptance and self-love, because a lot of times apathy comes from we've judged ourselves so long, so often that we don't even hear anything else anymore. You cannot hear judgment and inspiration at the same time. You just can't hear judgment and inspiration at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. That feels like a perfect lead into um, so much of your work speaks about choosing love, choosing the voice of love over the voice of fear. Right? Mm -hmm. And that does that come from your work in the Course in Miracles or does that come as a development of your own work through a little bit of both, a little bit of both, you know, of how that. Did you, how did you get into the Course in Miracles to begin with? So I've taught A Course in Miracles now for a gazillion years. Um, it is the last, least likely path I would have ever consciously chosen. I'm Jewish, you know, and it sounded weird and like A Course in Miracles. It's just like, oh, please let me have something normal in my life. Please, God, something normal, <laughs> you know. But um, 
I got into it actually because um, I had a boyfriend at the time who uh, was, uh, you know, I really want to be a writer. That's all I really, that's the only thing I knew, you know, of. I didn't know how, I didn't know what kind of writing, how to make a living. You know, I had no idea I was going to become a coach and speaking and retreats or anything. But I had this boyfriend that said, um, you should study the spiritual path. And I was like, get that crap away from me. And he was like, you know, because I'm so open-minded. Um, and so he said something like, you know, if you study spirituality, it'll it'll strengthen you. It'll connect to you. It, you'll be more likely to be successful. So that got my attention. Like, oh, okay. Uh, but um, I looked at A Course in Miracles. I just said, get that crap away from me. I'm not interested. And so what he did was he started teaching me some of the concepts without telling me it was Course in Miracles. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's incredible. Because it's very logical. It's brilliant. And uh he then said, well, it's in that blue book you won't look at, you know, and so I finally, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to read this, I'm going to read it like an attorney. And I'm going to show you line by line how ridiculous it is. And then we'll never, we can never talk about it again. And he's like, okay, deal. And so I've been reading it ever since. Um, but um, to, uh, you know, first, I think my own work started because of this deep, deep desire to answer a dream, but not knowing how. And again, I had so much so much old beliefs in the way that we all do that creative people can't make money. Mm-hmm. Who are you to become success? You know, like you don't, you know, like when I wanted to be a writer, it's like, I'd never gotten anything published. I never knew any connections to big whatever, you know, like, so my logical mind would come in constantly and argue it. And it's funny because it's very much like being a lawyer, actually, because as a lawyer, I was trained in studying all the liabilities of what could go wrong right? Which is such horrible training for spiritual life, I have to tell you. But I now use that brilliant part of my brain to look at all the things that are working, all the things that are moving. Like I am proving the case of this, right? So uh, of course, Miracles is a spiritual study of living in love instead of fear. Um, I do many workshops on that. I actually have a a new workshop starting very soon. So if people are listening and want to join me, Um, but it's, you know, for me, I really like making it very practical, very, very much about, let's just talk about your life. I don't care if anybody ever studied the Course in Miracles. I just want them having a miracle, which is a shift, meaning you're stuck in a certain belief system where you think there is no way out. You, you can see no way out. You have no idea how this could work. And yet there is something within you that has a different perspective or a different way that's real. It's not positive thinking. It's not like, oh, you know, la, 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 I'm just going to say an affirmation. It's truly a miracle. You just shift. You know it. And that's me. So so it very much blends with what I do. And I feel like I'm a translator of that work uh, just because it can be challenging to read or it can be off-putting to some people. And I don't blame them. It was off-putting to me. It's (laughs) also just really tiny print in a pretty thick. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, I've opened that book a number of times and never gotten anywhere near as far as I intended to. But a lot of people in my life have studied The Course in Miracles. And I think the work is, is really beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. It's really beautiful. Amazing. And all of my probably books. Probably try the audio version. Try me, honey. Try me. It'll make it real. You know, seriously, people have studied with me and then they read The Course in Miracles because they understand it, you know. Right. Uh, but all of my books actually have so many of the concepts of The Course in Miracles within it in a more practical way, too. So it's another way to get at it, so to speak. But And will you share that story with our listeners, too, about 
writing your books and your 12 year journey of publishing. <laughs> you because know, I think so, know many, this story. so many, I do know this story. Well, I, I know all, most of the stories. I think uh, I've been a fan a long time. Um, yeah. And just, and, and I say fan really is like, it's just been meaningful to have mentors. You know, when I, when I was young, I had a, um, I had a metaphysical teacher when I was 18 and <gasps> I, yeah, it's, I went to, um, I went to Emory university in Atlanta, which is the least woo woo place one could go. Yeah. Right. Oh, pretty much. But, um, but I, I met, um, I met a woman who was a psychic, who was a metaphysical teacher. And she was like, hey, we're going to study. We're going to work together. And I thought she figured she knew she was the psychic. <laughs> I believed her. Right. And then for the next four years, I studied with her twice a week. And I really believed Tamma, that everybody in school was studying. I thought everybody had like their school <gasps> and then like their person. Oh and, we, and weirder still was that um, Emory has a, a primate center there. So my job, my work study with job was to work with baby chimpanzees. So by day, I was like at school and playing with like working with baby chimpanzees and then studying like astral projection and things like oh psychometry God. with this metaphysical teacher and trying to understand why I didn't seem to fit in. Yes. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Guess which one is not the other. <laughs> which again is again why I think conversations like this is so amazing because I so much want to strengthen all the individuality and the brilliance that is out there and all the alternative means. And if some of you are listening going, well, I don't have access to that or psychic or whatever, it's again, it it comes in different ways. So I do want, I do want to share um, a little bit about that writing journey. For me, you know, each of us has our own stories or our own ways where we know okay, something else is happening here, right? So, um, you know, because again, a lot of people meet me and they think, oh, well, everything just took off for her. How nice, you know? Well, like you the, went to Harvard, so that must have opened, so, yeah. opened every door. Must have opened every door. And from then you just sat there with your bonbons and everything just yeah, opened up Yeah, pretty for you. much, pretty much. That what, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I always tell people when people say, well, you went to Harvard Law School, you could do anything. And it's like, yeah, but you know, you know how like your inner critic stops you? Well, my inner critic went to Harvard Law School. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is not an asset. <laughs> you know, it it's is just a bigger stick. It's a bigger stick. And also, again, keep in mind the powers that have made me successful have been the inner powers have been the inner powers that we all have access to. And that again, we all have so many gifts and so much, you know, whether different kinds of education and we are all needed, our gifts are needed more than ever. So um, I was gonna share just a little bit about that. Um, So, you know, the only thing I knew that I wanted to do, and again, didn't know how, how to do this. So my whole path is always teaching people to follow a breadcrumb, to follow a breadcrumb, to follow, everybody's trying to figure out their whole life and I want to help you let it out. Right. And so, um, I started writing this book, um, this time I dance, creating the work you love. And I didn't know it was a book at the time and there's whatever of, but I just, I kept reading all these self-help books that were out there, you know, it was desperate and, I couldn't find anything that, you know, like told me the inside guts of this, you know, like how did they do it when they weren't inspired? How did they do it when they were depressed? How did they do it? And so I finally started reading, writing the book I wanted to read. And um, it took me 12 years to write this book, which, you know, was certainly not in my plans, right? It wasn't that, and I didn't have an agent and I didn't have a contract and I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have anybody going, yeah, great, great idea. But it is that following that 
like I just kept feeling it, but I think there's something here. I need to know. I I have to do this. I think there's something here. And I always tell people, by the way, I think it took me uh, 11 years to heal, 11 years to learn to trust myself and to follow my guidance and one year to write a book, right? Because a lot, a lot more is going on than what you think. It's not just linear. So anyways, when I finally finished writing it, um, I was like, I don't know how to get this thing published. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I read all the books on publishing and getting an agent. And I read books on self-publishing. And I kept hearing this voice that just kept saying, just put it in the river. Just put it in the river, which made no sense to me on a linear level. But on an inner level, I knew just put it in the stream of life, get it out there some way, somehow, if it's supposed to go somewhere, it will, um, which is a wonderful answer, but not the answer I wanted because it was like, oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, great. Now I have to spend more time. What will the river give it back? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like <laughs> I have to spend money to publish this thing now. Will I the river to... be going to Random House directly? <laughs> <laughs> or am I throwing my life's work away in a river? You know, I mean, just... You know, it's just like, so not the answer you want, right? You want the easy answer of like, just go over here and it'll all magically appear. Um, but I finally thought, you know, because I didn't know anything about marketing or distribution or anything. It was terrifying. But I thought, okay, I've followed this voice all along. I'm going to try it. I'm going to follow this voice. And I did. And I self-published it. And the the short version of this is basically four months after I self-published the book. And by the way, one of the things that I teach all my clients is you can't plan an inspired life. You can't plan an inspired life. I was trying to plan this and figure it out. And what how is this going to work? But you can't plan it because you can't imagine it. It's It's beyond your imagination. So four months after I finally self-published this book and I was just selling it to, you know, at that time I'd been coaching already. So it was just inflicting it on my clients and my students. And, and um, four months after I self-published, I got an email out of the blue that said, your fairy godmother has arrived. And it was um, an email from, you know, when I first read it, I thought your fairy godmother has arrived. It's going to be like, it's spam, right? It's going to be Russian girls are waiting for you. You know, I mean, it's just going to be something crazy. Um but it was from a vice president of marketing and publicity for Random House. And she had been in a career transition and miserable. And she wrote to me and said, I found your book. And I think this is the most amazing book I've ever read on finding your calling and doing your dreams. And I want to help you get it published, which was like saying, I want to help you meet God. Um, and she got it to the publisher I'd always secretly, secretly dreamed of. It was a president of Tarcher, which was part of Penguin and Random House. And they bought the book exactly the way that it was. They bought the book. They did not change the title. They did not edit it, which is unheard of as an unknown writer. They changed maybe 10 sentences out of the whole book. Um, at the time, I printed stuff in purple because I like purple. So they kept the purple. You know, if I had done things the traditional way, if I had done things the way you're supposed to and what you're supposed to do, I would never, ever have ended up in the way that I ended up. And that's what I mean when I say you can't plan an inspired life, right? I couldn't plan that I'm going to have a meltdown and write a book for 12 years. And then this woman's going to have a meltdown at the end of 12 years, you know, and be looking for a book and find me and we're going to hook up. And that's my business plan. Yeah. But that's really, and you know, for me, I, I actually tell that story a lot in different workshops. And I tell myself that story a lot, you know, because it, you know, it's another origin story, so to speak, where it's just, it's just that if this, if this inspired path has ever worked for you, you've proven the laws to yourself. If, if it's ever worked, you know, it works. Right. And yeah. so 
for me, I have so much gratitude for how that unfolded, how that continues to unfold. By the way, they published every one of my other books ever since. Um, and so, you know, again, but the faith to believe in that, because people say, oh, I want that to happen too, right? And it's like, of course, but they forget the part of, I spent 12 years thinking I was out of my mind, you know, thinking- well, what made you stay yes. in it when other people, right? Like what made you, what made you keep going through the intersection when other people would have been like, listen, mm -hmm. I mean, at what point, right? Yeah. I mean, whether yes. that's fertility, whether that's like, yes. look, we're just not having the baby, you know what yes. I mean? Or like, whatever it might be, yes. like it's time and, to and that's give, valid. And right? like, it's time to get divorced, like, you've, or it's time to like, get out of this thing or let it, like, when do you know how to let, when to let the, what the blend to let the thing that's go? Great, great question. Because that's a really valid thing. Because again, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, just because you start off with something doesn't mean that's where you end up. When I first started, I started by writing poetry. You know, that was my first thing. And then poetry ended up being poetic essays, which ended up being a book, which ended up being, I wanted other supportive people around me, which ended up being teaching, which I had no plan on doing, which ended up speaking and leading retreat. I mean, like, like, or, or teaching Course in Miracles was never in my plan, right? So, you know, again, these I things- I see a Broadway musical though. I'm serious. I think I'm like, damn it, guys, thank you. I the Tama story. <laughs> la, la, la. I don't know if it's like- This time I really dance. <laughs> This time I, that's exactly. And right. I'm thriving through uncertainty. <laughs> something, but I don't know. I could really see you. I could really see you writing a play or writing something, you know, I could really see that. People have said that for a lot that they've seen a movie. Yeah, some sort of production. I need somebody else to do it. I need yeah. somebody else to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, um, but, but you asked a really great story that to me, it is not a wrong thing to quote, give up because we may give up on a form of something, but we're not giving up on following that inner voice. Sometimes people are guided to do something and they were there to learn that thing and then it evolved into something else. So it's, you know, or that it, it brought them clarity. It doesn't mean that you just have to stick with it. Mm -hmm. But the thing that made me stick with it was just this thing of, so I'm terrified of failure you know, like I am terrified of failure, not looking good, blah, blah, blah. And, but the thing that I finally realized that trumps that is I'm more afraid of regret. Mm. I'm more afraid of at the end of my life, finding out, oh my God, what if you could have had this dream and you didn't even try it? Like, what if you could have done it and you gave up on it? I, I didn't just know I could talk to you. Yes. I mean, I know that sounds insane, but like, I no, really it feel like for listeners, I think things like that are so important, right? Because I keep saying like, we, we listen to people talk about their story. We don't ever really, it seems so distant from what's available yes. for us, right? But yeah. the truth of the matter is like, of all of some of the people I've interviewed, I had a friend of a friend or I had a right. person or I had a like, hey, when you were a keynote speaker at the thing I went to or like whatever, yes. I didn't yes. have that with you. I really just had hey, I really love your work and I really love what you do and I'd really like to talk to you. And I say but that- But it was that love in you because you equally, you could have sent that to me and I might not have answered, right? Totally. You know, yeah. that's true. And I had no idea. Right. I was like, but you tried it. Right, because I thought, you know what? At this point, I'd yes. rather step into yes. I'm, who I'm willing to be. And if yes. you don't say yes, I'm not going to turn that into a rejection of who I am in the world. Woo! Say that again, but yeah. That's, right, but that takes yes. a long time. It took me a long time to get to that of like, oh, yes. 
I've been saying, like, I talk to people for a living. Like, I talk to people all the time. So why is it weird to- And Robin, because you said yes to yourself. Right. And then I said yes to you. Who knows who is now hearing this conversation that might say yes? Because if you hadn't dared your yes, this wouldn't be happening. If I hadn't dared my yes for all the time of writing those books, you wouldn't have been reading them. I mean, you know, like every time we did, you know, one of the things I always tell people is that your dreams aren't just for you. Your dreams aren't just for you. They're for so many people who need them. You are needed in this world. If you know the, the very things that you're dying to do, we are dying to have you do. There are so many people who need what you have and you can't even imagine. Again, when you asked me about my enthusiasm, it's that like I, I had no idea. Even when I was writing my book, I had no idea. And to have people write to me constantly like, Oh my God, your book made me cry and I'm doing this. And I thought you might want to know, blah, blah, blah. Like blows my mind. Yeah. I was just reading. Because I thought it was a good idea or I was writing to save myself. But it's so important because I think when we're when we're in our own cocoon of self-doubt and of not trusting and of not knowing, and also in the circumstances where we have outside things saying, don't do it, don't bother, yes. don't try, don't you know, yes. dim down because I'm too afraid to do my thing. So don't you do, go do a big yes. thing and make me realize how little, how chicken shit I am. Yeah. So like, right, whatever, <laughs> all the reasons. But if we don't, like we might be one question like I was one question hey Tamma would you be willing to do this yes and and you were one yes away from us having an ability to say hey if you hadn't trusted yourself to write the books I wouldn't have had the wisdom to listen to over the years that was really impactful on my life right Mm. and if I hadn't been brave enough to say hey that was really impactful on my life would you be willing to do this yes we wouldn't have a chance for you to know, well, I think you already do, but before, like you would get, not know that how beneficial the work you had done was, right? It's like becomes this kind of generosity feedback loop of like, hey, it's not really just, yeah, it's not just enough about, hey, everybody's got to get over themselves. It's like, we all have a responsibility to be giving into the world. So that, because, because I don't know who's listening to this and what they might needed to hear that if I didn't get out of my own way to ask you, they couldn't hear this, which is the moment they hear the thing, the way they need to hear it to finally now say, I got it. I heard it different. It landed different. Today was the day I'm out of this. I'm done. Yes. Yes. And uh, you know, in A Course in Miracles, they have a concept that says it's just a little willingness. It's just a little willingness, right? That it's almost like you don't have to know how this will work. And you don't have to know if you can do it. You just have to be willing. So there's so many times I will step on a stage or step onto something. And in the back of my mind, my mind is going, are you freaking crazy? Are you out of your goddamn mind now? You know, or like, they'll be introducing me like, we're so lucky. Today we have Tamakeeves and I'll be sitting like, oh, they're so lucky. Oh my God. You know, like, but it's the willingness to say, I know there is something in me that can do this. And my smaller self is saying, I'm scared. I'm not this. I'm not that, whatever. And I think it's important for people to know that even if you've, quote, had success, some of us, I don't know about other people, but I do. I still have this stupid voice, right? Like people people say, oh, but you're so confident. It's like, yeah, what, what you see, <laughs> you know? Emma, I'll share with you. Um, when I interviewed Jim, he was, he was um, the basis for Jimmy Buffett. He said, he was talking about how um, 
how spiritual and open Jimmy is as a person. Yes. I don't know. I've never met Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And, and um, I said, oh, well, next time I'll interview him along with you. And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, he's pretty busy. Um, I said, yeah, well, that's good. And he said, um, uh, hopefully, you know, someone and I said, yeah, I do. And he was like, oh, good. And, uh, and I was like, you? And he goes, oh, <laughs> oh. And then we had like a good laugh because he said, that's you funny. know what? For 30 years, like I still don't think of myself mm. as a person who's connected mm. to people, all caps, mm. because it's just not the way, yes. see, right? It's like, yes. which is beautiful. Sweat before getting on stage. Yes. yes. Nervous before. Yes. And so I'm going back to what you said before, because I thought it was such a beautiful point, that generosity of, of giving. It's that I would ask each person to think about what if the very thing you want to do, what if the very thing that you secretly believe in doing that you really want, what if that's what spirit's asking you to do? What if it's almost not, what if it's not you being selfish or you being frivolous or you being silly? What if it's almost a moral responsibility, like you were the one who was chosen to be this and somebody else? Because again, you know, there are so many different teachers, healers, authors, whatever. And it's like, we need all the voices. We need all the people in their own ways because we hear it from different people. And the, obviously there's a need in the world. So I guess I'm just saying to all of us, like, what if the very thing that you dream of doing, even if what you dream of doing, if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, well, I dream of just walking on a beach. How is that helpful? I dream of, you know, running away from it all. That might be the first step. That might be the first step. I dreamed of taking a nap. That's all I dreamed of. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't sexy. No, but it was peaceful. And sometimes yes. pe even peace just matters. Peace, I was just going to say, because it's not all about just people teaching, speaking, blah, blah, blah. It's like we could use a few more peaceful, loving people in this world. We could people, use people in pain need people to sit next to them on a bench that have yes. nowhere they need to be. Yes, that's beautiful. Very beautiful. Tama, yeah. thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with folks? Well, first of all, I do want to share that. Yeah, well, first of all, I do want to share that for your audience, um, yes. you know, uh, that uh, you know, uh, we we are giving away one of our one of my classes that was a really, really popular class. Um, and it's a class on trust because that's what we're talking about. Like all, you know, how do you trust this stuff? And that's so right. it was a uh, uh, a workshop that we did. And uh, to get it for free, you'll just go to tamakeeves.com, T-A-M-A-K-I-E-V as in Victor, E-S.com, tamakeeves.com forward slash the word trust. And it'll take you to a secret page where you can get that for free. So I just wanted to mention that. And we'll that. have all that stuff linked. Okay. Beautiful. Too, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, and of course, I'd love you to, you know, join me on tamakeeps.com. Uh, we do, I do fortune cookies every week. You get guidance every single week that comes out uh, just to stay connected. So you'll know different workshops. And, uh, um, and also because I write um, an article every single month, also, also to keep you inspired. And we're creating a worldwide community of those of us living in inspiration instead of fear. Um, but but to answer uh, what I what I'd most want to leave people with, I guess, is just the knowing that your desires, your deepest dreams, your instincts, like what we were just saying, are not frivolous, are not silly, are not you just dreaming, or are not you um, not wanting to grow up, whatever it is that you're telling yourself. But I feel like it's a mandate. It's an imperative. And it's not only an imperative for the gifts that maybe you're here to give the world, but it's it's your 
pivot point or your access. It's the portal to this journey with yourself. Because for me, the greatest thing I will have done in this lifetime, I think my ego and my, you know, the think is, oh, it's about writing my books. It's about, you know, it's about teaching. It's about blah, blah, blah. But I think at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, it's really about that I have consistently had to learn how to be gracious with myself, how to learn to listen to that deeper love, that deeper advocate, and trust it. And so for me, it's really about having this relationship with yourself that's amazing. And for me, the portal to that is always following that instinct, right? Following like whatever that dream is, whatever that desire is, whatever you most want that you think you can't have, that's going to send you down a journey that is the most amazing journey of your life that yes, includes a few video games, includes a few crisis of faith coming, you know, could, could be optional for the advanced teacher here of, but it's what we're here for. It's really what we're here for. Like there's all of us have so much more potential, so much more love. Um, on my website, you know, the theme that I finally developed is about rocking your brilliance. It's rock your brilliance because there's so much brilliance in you and you're denying it and you're you're playing smaller, you're playing safer. And again, this is about being safe. I'm not I'm not Miss Radical that, oh, just jump off a cliff, just leave your mm, career, just leave your really marriage. Right. I am not that at all, at all. I'm only about listening moment by moment to your singular path. There's only one way to succeed in this life, and it's listening to that brilliant inner voice. So, so, so grateful to be here and so grateful that you're doing this, Robin. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for all the work you've put in to be doing this conversation in the world. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It's really nice to be here. And it feels like, I feel like this is really an act for me of offering permission to other people who want to do something and just for whatever reason, let their mind get in the way. It's like, just do it. Just do it. Yes. You know, why not now? Why not now? Thank you very much. So once again, you can find Tam at tamakeeves.com and you'll have all the stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much, Tama. You are so welcome. And what are your dreams? Because you're phenomenal, my love. Oh Oh my God. I fell in love with you. Oh my God. Thank you. Seriously. Um, Well, you know, it's such a crazy thing. I've been a commercial photographer for about 25 years. I've been uh-huh. a photographer since I was like 12. I thought you're um, a model. God, you're so beautiful. Oh, no. Um, no, I was like such an awkward kid, but my dad was a Methodist minister and like a preacher, like a Texas preacher moved, oh my God. To, moved to New England. So we had wow. to shut a lot of that American Baptist down to wow. yeah. switch to Methodism. Um, so I always felt like I kind of grew up behind the curtain. And mm-hmm. I also saw, heard a lot of how it was supposed to be, but then, yeah. you know, and then my dad sort of being this vehicle um, to God for other people and like how he was trying to navigate that for himself of how to counsel people, but also be human with people and mm-hmm. not handling that very well mm-hmm. for anybody's sake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just, I think my own challenge. Do, do you ever think of doing a show? Like, do you ever think of, you are so sharp. You know, I get interviewed a lot and you are so sharp. Your use of words rocked my world. You heard, you you. listened, you were there, you were present, you were, it was wonderful. I think you have a really, really good gift there. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I've been saying for years, like, well, I just really want to talk to people because I've been, when I'm in the studio and doing headshots and portraits with people, it's such an, it's really no different, but I got tired of using the camera to do it. You know, like I kind of, I realized that the camera, 
was the thing that I had gave me permission when I didn't feel confident that I had a reason for being the camera gave me permission to be somewhere. Yes. Uh, yes. And then it, right. And it, and it, and then I was like, I don't need, I'm tired of the wall. Like I don't, I don't, I want skin in the game. Yes. I want yes. me, like, I want what I know now in this. And so um, before the pandemic happened, I'd just gone all in on my dream studio and was hosting these like connected dinners and all this stuff. And then it all, uh, shit the bed. And so I've been like, okay. Yeah. And that was kind of fine. Cause I'm like, I really don't, I, I only want to shoot things that I want to shoot at this point, which is really more fine art stuff anyway. And I thought, well, then why not put my big girl pants on and like, try to do this thing called talking to people and see what that feels like. And, but I had to really do a lot of healing. Like I really get that 11 years, like I had to get my ass handed to me and, and heal some inner child stuff that I hadn't connected to. And then, and, and also hit a big enough shame spiral that I had to save my life one more time is really what happened. I had to really save my life one more. I had to look at my kids and be like, you cannot leave the planet. You don't have that choice. And that, that back door is out. So what, so like the second arrow has to hit the road for like forever. So then what? so So this. Wow. We'll see. You're you're excellent at it. And I I mean, I mean that. Like I mean I'm I'm deliberately spending time that I don't really have. I know. <laughs> I know. But no, it's okay. Um I'm I'm paying attention. Of just uh but seriously, if you ever I mean like I don't know, like I don't often feel called to say that, but it's like I loved talking to you. Oh, I, thank loved, you. I, I loved I love talking to you. And so I don't know, maybe there's a show there or something, right? you know, yeah. like if you ever think of doing something. Okay. Like yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know, could it was a podcast? Is a- Yeah, I don't know. No, exactly. Don't know. Cause I'm, by the way, I'm the same way. I am an excellent at interviewing people. I yeah. love talking to people, yeah. but I've also been looking at, I want to collaborate with people. That's right. Me I too. want to find great energy people. No, yes. No more yeah. lone wolfing. I'm yeah, exactly. Done. I've done a lot. Me too. It's, it's tiring and it's lonely. Yes. 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 I'm ready, Tam. I'm in, you know, I I was thinking my first, um, my first, like after my psychic teacher was, um, Shakti Gawain Uh and and had I been organized, she offered me a job to be her manager. And I was like, I can't, I'm not organized. Like I'm not like she needed an organized person. Um, but Speaking yes. of which, I'm um, uh, speaking of which, you mentioned that your boyfriend was a digital. Yeah, market. oh my god, he's amazing. We're looking for a digital market. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can make connections. Yes, but seriously, I don't know what there yeah. is, and okay. I'm just floating well, something. Thank you. That actually is so affirming and validating. It is affirming. To me as I'm like, it is oh, affirming. Is it working? <laughs> it is affirming because I don't say that lightly. And also, by the way, just so you need to know, my one of my greatest gifts in this life is seeing people's gifts. Oh. That's my gift in this life. And uh, there is something sharp and gifted about you, my love. Seriously. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was like, I was thinking, wow, she is cool. Oh, so thanks. take that right, in. Deep it through. Well, I've been listening to a lot of Tama Keys for a long time. Listen, baby. <laughs> Listen, baby. Thank you so much for that, by the way. And for recommending me. You've been listening to the Robin Ivy Podcast. I want to thank you for spending this time together today. And if you enjoyed this episode and haven't done so already, please subscribe to my show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, leave me a review. This gets more listeners like you and I to hear the messages my guests share. That would mean so much to me. Last thing, the thoughts and views of each of my guests does not reflect my own personal viewpoints or opinions on topics discussed. This podcast is an open forum for dialogue, kindness, and insightful expression. 
And this often means looking at life through a new lens. I hope you love today's episode and invite you to join me once again at the table on the Robin Island Club.